Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of fellas who are frankly a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Benjamin R. Harrison. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, I'm Adam Pranica. <laughs> I, uh, I think about that fact almost every time we do this, Adam. <laughs> yeah. I was going to suggest we open some baseball cards. What do you think? Yeah, I could do that. Let's hit it. All right. The game is five cards. Stuck. The game is exceedingly simple. Or this is just the card there. Time to pluck a pigeon. I feel like we're due for a special card. I know, yeah. Peeling back some plastic. These five card packs. There's barely anything there. Yeah. All right. Looks like I'm starting to hit the point where I'm inevitably getting some some repeats in every pack, which hadn't happened once until the last one, and then the last one was just a bloodbath of repeats. Hey, question for you. Yeah. How many packs do you have left? I have... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. I have ten. Nine packs. I'm gonna open up a second pack so that I'm Dang. so that I'm even with you. Well, I did get a I did get a special. Oh shit! But um, I'm gonna talk you through the four repeats that I got first. Okay. Got the naked now. Got elementary dear data. Got Genesis, and I've got the measure of a man. All cards that I believe I have previously opened. Now my my special card here is a an image of Captain Picard and he's like standing behind something orange and this card is literally two layers of cardboard because there's like a mat around the outside like if you were to frame this as a photo like there was there's already a mat on it. Oh. And it's it's a different layer of cardboard. Around that mat is uh, some gold embossed work that just says Star Trek The Next Generation. In the back of this card, it says, This card contains an original comic book panel from Volume 2, Number 79. And uh, to me, that just makes me think that we are perhaps destined to ultimately add to the Star Trek comic book universe. There's nothing I'm more sure about than that. Yeah. We gotta do it, man. Well, Ben, uh, I hate to do this to you. (laughs) Except I secretly enjoy it. Um, (laughs) I am only gonna talk about one card. One card in the two packs that I just opened. Uh, The rest, the rest I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, And even if you aren't, (laughs) Doesn't really matter because I want to talk about my third and final autographed card. Uh oh. It is JC Brandy from that episode <laughs> Tapestry, the Foxy uh, the Foxy Academy cadet that went into that bar with Picard when he got stabbed yeah. by the Nosikins. Yeah. She was there when uh, when Picard was like Oh my god! I got a knife poking through the front of my uniform, Rudy! (laughs) What am I going to do? J.C. Brandy really had an effect on me as a a young person watching this episode. She was quite foxy. Yeah, she's kind of your type. I mean, based on having met your wife. Yeah, big fan. And, uh... Did you know that she was 18 in that episode? No way. Yeah, that's a little bit of trivia about J.C. Brandy. Does the does the card smell like flowers? Did, did some of her perfume make it onto it or anything? God, I wish. I wish, but no. 
I wonder how rare Man. this is. I'm gonna do a quick uh, eBay search on this one. Yeah, see it. See if it's selling ahead of the Jaeger in terms of price, or have you completely jacked the price of Jaegers up beyond? I haven't belief. been able to find a Jaeger since I bought them all. JC Brandy. <laughs> it looks like since, uh, you, since you bought all Jaegers everywhere. It looks like the market for brandies is a little softer than the Jaegers. I'm seeing cards anywhere between uh, seven to twenty-one dollars. Mine, of course, actually, being a mint brandy, so right. Uh, I I would expect it would be to to the higher spectrum of those two. I'm gonna look up Jaegers right now. Right. This is a great it, pod. It, it, it's not all beat up and used the way the uh, the seven dollar brandies are. <laughs> Indeed. Oh man, uh, I'm not getting any Biff Jaegers on eBay right now. None. You've successfully cornered the market. Yeah, there's a lot of Chuck Yeager signed cards. <laughs> Just how I wanted it. Just how I predicted. I want to talk about those because people know we're going on tour. It's true. It, it's a sad fact. I think that we should give a Yeager away for some achievement by the viewers that show up to these to these events. You're spending someone else's Yeagers, Ben. That's what I hear you're doing right now. Well, I said we would go even on, go in halvesies on them. Okay. You just send me an invoice. <laughs> no, but what I'm thinking is like I don't I don't know if we want it to be like an audience participation thing or like a best cosplay. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to be in a position where I'm asking people to cosplay as uh, and rock some knock out to the theater on a Tuesday night. Yeah, I gotta say, but, like, if we're sitting on stage and someone is sitting down in the audience wearing a scant, that's not gonna be an uncomfortable, or that's not gonna be a comfortable situation for anyone, Ben. <laughs> You're gonna have yeah. a bad time. Um, so I think we could do, like, maybe a drunk Shimoda moment, or uh, people say who their drunk Shimoda is, and we, uh, we tell them... You know, we we award the Jaeger to the funniest Shimoda, maybe? Oh, like they're telling us Shimoda stories? No, like from the episode. Oh, okay. So the 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 thing that we review live Right. Before we name our own Shimodas, we, we throw it to the to the viewer. I think I think we name our own uh-huh. and then you know, within reason <laughs> you know, maybe like four or five people can come up and tell us their Shimoda. Whichever one makes us laugh the most gets a Jaeger. What do you say? That's a natural Jaeger. I want him to do more than that, Ben. But the trouble is I don't have a better idea. <laughs> All right. Well, we can, uh, we can put a pin in this and come back to it. I think what's clear, what? though, is that if you buy a ticket, price, there's a, there's pr- price a TBD, yeah. uh, chances are you could take away one of our 30 signed Biff Jaeger cards. <laughs> I want to go to the event with one of those, uh, one of those silver aluminum briefcases that I yeah. that I handcuffed yeah. to my Shackled wrist. Shackled to your to your wrist. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's only yeah. right. We should have a, we should have a, one of those banking companies uh, yeah. deliver them to us. Yeah, Price Price Waterhouse Cooper has confirmed the viability of these Jaegers. <laughs> oh, they're viable. You don't want those Jaegers to fall in the wrong hands. Sure don't. Uh, you really get some some mutually assured Jaegers if you did. <laughs> Pretty happy with our collection. I'm really surprised to go on eBay and find that there are none on there. I think, I mean, it sounded it sounded pretty benign the idea of buying the world's stock in this product. <laughs> and now that it's done, I have to admit I feel a little guilty. I bought all the Jaegers. Yeah. All Jaegers everywhere. I mean, you're you're a bad man. It's true. The and the way I'm dealing with my guilt is by giving them away to our viewers. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can never fully atone for what you've done. We have no law to fit your crime. It's a perfect crime. Well, actually, you could call it an imperfect crime, couldn't you? Much like the title of our episode. Wow, that was almost a pivot. <laughs> That's like the, uh, that's like the vaulter, like running straight into the vault at the Olympics and then just falling backwards. 
they they all they all can't be perfect. It's season four, episode eight, future imperfect. It is Raker's birthday party, but they are having it in dangerous waters. The the ship is cruising near the neutral zone doing some security sweeps and uh and so uh so Riker's, you know, down on ten forward with uh with most of the crew having a blast. He's uh playing some sloppy jazz trombone, <laughs> cutting into some cake, yucking it up with all his buds and it's uh, hard to Picard... make a muted trombone sound fun. It just sounds like a cartoon <laughs> sound effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Picard and Data are, are trying to get down there, but um, they know better. You, you know they're 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 missing out, and uh, they seem to have rebuilt about- Ten Forward too after that giant fight. Yeah, yeah, they finally put it all back together. Um, you don't want to walk there barefoot though. It's like breaking a glass in a kitchen. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, even There's if you be- think you've swept all the pieces up, all those glass tables have still left remnants. I'm sure. Yeah, you got to go over it with a wet tablecloth. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people listen to our show for domestic advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we do a good job and, of that. Uh, yeah, you want to uh, you want to get some seltzer on the <laughs> on the red wine stains, <laughs> ASAP. So Picard and Data are about to go down and join in the fun when Ensign One Line Actor uh, calls them over to the science station. Captain, I am detecting some unusual fluctuations in subspace frequencies. This is a weird moment. Just like the guy, he calls them over and it's like, all you can do is notice that this is a guy we've never seen before with a speaking part. Yeah. And he slowly steps out of frame. Is this guy going to be in the episode? Yeah. And then they get over to the, to the science station and he's just gone. He like, he, he, he like slowly backs away and he's out of there. And I just thought that that was so funny. Like, uh, sir, we can only pay you for a single line uh, featured featured appearance on this episode. <laughs> and in the context of the scene, it's really weird, too, because he's like, hey, I found something crazy. And then he backs yeah. away and walks out of scene completely. Like, yeah. uh, like, like he spilled a drink on his table and then he just left his dinner. Like, right. I'm out of here. Like if you were if you were editing... Uh, you know, something for a client, and you're like, "Hey, do you want to come check out the, uh, <laughs> the latest cut?" And they come over to the to the edit bay, and you hit play and just hit the bricks. You <laughs> you get in your car and go home. Just that sound of spinning tires out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this reading is weird enough that um, that Picard uh, decides to put the Dustbuster Club into action. And what it is is they're getting scanned, and the planet that they're near isn't supposed to be inhabited, but there's an energy signature in a cave, and uh, they're like, hey, let's uh, let's poke our nose into this business, you know, see what's going on. This could be uh, this could be no bueno, you know. And so, uh, and so, I think it is Jordy, Worf, and Riker that beam down to this planet. Uh, Alpha Onias 2, or is it Alpha Onias 3? Let me see your Alpha Onias face, Ben. <laughs> so they beam down, and they're like, well, this is a fucking dump. And uh, you Nice know, away just, team job you got here. This yeah. place is a dump. <laughs> just wait till you see the pool. No water? <laughs> And then uh, Jordy goes on and it goes and turns on the water to the pool and it <laughs> becomes a beautiful backyard oasis. <laughs> they're poking around this planet and they're like, yeah, uh, nothing's here. And also this smell is becoming more and more terrible by the second. They're, pick- yeah. they're picking up some methane. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's kind of a funny moment, right? Because it's like, it's sort of like when, uh, when they were trying to... Uh, gas that super soldier guy yeah and they like in- injected gas into the cargo bay it's sort of like that but for underground cave yeah <laughs> and so like they think this is a uh 
they think this is a uh, naturally occurring phenomenon, but uh, the suddenly the transporter not working so hot, and you see the the materialization like try and fail a couple of times, and Riker passes out, and he there's like a beautiful dissolve into white, and uh, and the and the light moves away, and he's looking up at the ceiling in Six Bay, and Doctor Crusher. He's awake. The doctor has uh, gone for a schoolmarm makeover. Everly. Will, you remember me. That's good. And, uh, she's really excited he's awake. What else do you remember, Captain? Riker comes to in a bio bed that is, for some reason, surrounded by mirrors. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an interesting choice. Like, uh, I don't think we've ever seen vanity mirrors in a sickbay before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think this might be the first appearance of Nurse Ogawa. Oh, yeah. Because she's like kind of a regular, she's on the show after this. Yeah. They're like, she's a bit of all right, and uh, she can come back. That one guy on the bridge, not so much. Yeah, that, but... that guy who had some energy readings, uh, total garbage yeah. line reading by that guy. But, but uh, <laughs> Nurse Ogawa saying he's awake, tremendous. <laughs> Just the best Amazing. acting. I'm looking at these mirrors now, and I think maybe they're like mirrors but can be displays because they have some like lines and and lights on them too. It's sort of like when you stay in a fancy hotel, you'll have like the TV inside the mirror. You ever stay in mm, one of yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty That's pretty fancy stuff. Interesting that this is Nurse Ogawa because she is the age that she is in subsequent episodes, but uh, this is supposed to be 16 years later. <laughs> and the... Uh, the deal here is that Riker, uh, on the planet, contracted a virus that, like, I guess it just starts a timer, and then at some point, randomly in the future, that timer goes off. You get super sick, and when you recover, you can't remember anything that happened to you before this virus took hold. This has got to be really this- disorienting for Riker, because most of the time he's in sick bay, he's experiencing flashbacks, and lots of them. <laughs> Yeah, and and a burning sensation, and that's not there. So he just doesn't he doesn't know what to make of this. He's like, "What am I watching right now? I I don't remember this episode at all." <laughs> um, the other thing we should point out is that uh, he's got a uh, very distinguished streak of white in his hair, and a little bit of gray in the beard. Um, a touch of gray, if you will. He's got some touch some touch of gray going on, and uh, I think that like. They may have had the B team from Hair and Makeup on for this episode because that was basically their approach to making every single character look a little older was Touch of Grey. <laughs> Here's a couple of things that this show cares very little about. <laughs> uh, plausible aging makeup. Plausible aging makeup and any transition to commercial that isn't Riker squinting into it. I think he gets four go-arounds on the Riker squint. If you're keeping yeah. score at home, this is a this is a pretty full blown Riker app. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, they start to explain the the situation to him, and uh, he realizes that he has lost 16 years of his life, and in the intervening six years, uh, he has become captain of the Enterprise, and the uh, majority of the crew is still there, but um, no Troy, no Picard. And uh, Starfleet has uh, seen seen fit to update the uniforms a little bit. They've dispensed with the pips. I guess uh, her pleasure not such a big deal for them these days. They've uh, they've moved the rank insignia to the back of everybody's com badge. They uh, uh, which I kind of liked. They went pip to bars, which yeah. if you know anything about genital piercings. Yeah. Ben mm. uh is is a pretty stark difference of opinion. Yeah. That's uh <laughs> uh some people prefer the pip, other people go for the bars. Uh it's just a personal preference. They say that politics Adam is kind of like a pendulum that <laughs> swings back and forth. Oh does corrects it corrects and overcorrects and uh, a pendulum I that you like... can occasionally uh puppet into a wristwatch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh pendulum that is Inappropriate to bring out at a picnic, <laughs> as I recently discovered. Um, 
the surprises don't stop there, though, Adam. Riker is, you know, just trying to wrap his whole mind around all this shit, and uh, he and Doctor Crusher head to the uh, to the elevator, and she's like, "Well, why don't we head to your head to your apartment?" And he says, "No, no, my life is on the bridge. We're going to go to the bridge." And he says, "Main bridge." And the uh, the computer kind of shits itself a little bit. Main bridge. Repeat command. I said main bridge. Turbo lift is like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tur- Turbo lift gives a major side eye, and he's like, no, I'm really serious. I want to go to the bridge. And so uh, to the bridge they go. Uh, they step out onto the bridge. Uh, some some things have changed. Uh, there's some new, some new Tupperware glued to the wall in a few different places. Now, when you're portraying a future Enterprise bridge, you're going to want to take some spare Tupperware and mix up some epoxy resin in 50-50 proportions. If you wear a non-latex vinyl glove while you're applying the epoxy, you can avoid having a messy cleanup later. I like to use a spare butter lid as a place to mix my epoxy. You can keep the other side of the tub to... Hang on to any loose nuts and bolts you might take down as you're disassembling the walls so that you can find them later. <laughs> Worf has taken over at Ops. A hunchy Worf. Mm-hmm. Wesley has transmogrified into a Ferengi. Yeah. And uh, they've got a, uh, a new lady with no speaking parts at Tactical, but... Uh, she looks like she can handle her shit. Yeah. Worf is not looking great, Ben. Camera pans over. Yeah, Worf's got uh Worf he 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 looks like uncomfortable at the seat. He like, looks he like kind of looks You ever get into a car after your wife has driven it and the seats all forward like scrunched <laughs> right up against the steering wheel? It looks yeah. like Worf has gotten into a car and the seat hasn't been adjusted for him. I was gonna say it looks like he's uh, he's gone for flush number two and he's still stuck. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he's like considering going to another chapter in whatever his uh, bathroom reading of choice is. You can't have that second prune juice. You got to stay with the no. one. Yeah, yeah. Got to slow your roll there, buddy. You got to be regular, not super regular. <laughs> And uh, the camera pans over, and Data is uh, is rocking a red shirt, which uh, doesn't uh, he doesn't look great in it, you know, not his color. Yeah, it's a little bit clashy with his with his robot makeup, isn't it? Yeah. So they're standing around. Uh, Riker's kind of getting to know everybody again, and uh, they uh, get the get the word that a Romulan warbird is decloaking, and Riker's like, "Hit the deck!" <laughs> <laughs> He's got a gun. <laughs> yeah. And uh and they're like, dude, chill. Chill. <laughs> We're like this close to being friends with them. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. And uh so they uh they open up the FaceTime app and who's on FaceTime but uh Elvira and Captain Picard. Captain Picard we're, I think I think we're gonna ring this bell quite a few times on on the makeup front. I feel like uh, I feel like the writers gave the makeup artist for this one. They're like, okay, we have a really specific vision for Picard's future physically, and it, they just slide across the table a picture of Pat Morita from Karate Kid. <laughs> Yeah, like his, oh, they, you know, they spent hours and hours in the mocap room just capturing the back of Pat Morita's head <laughs> and then comping it lovingly onto the back of Patrick Stewart's head. Oh man, yeah, his his ring of hair has grown long into a sort of curtain, and they've yeah. given him bad guy facial hair. Like he's got a yeah. little bit of a of a Fu Manchu situation going. Yeah. He's got he's got mirror universe Spock goatee. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's uh, he's rocking a uh, an admiral costume as well. And uh, Troy is in is in like regulation uniform. And uh, and it's weird because they're on a Romulan bridge. Yeah, and they're like, "Cool, great to see you. We'll be right over." 
we're just over here sampling toaster pastries. Yeah. And uh, so they beam over and they uh, put a little impromptu McLaughlin group together. Issue one. And it just explains to Riker that there's a very delicate negotiation afoot between the Federation and the Romulan Empire, but they're really, really close to a formalized detente that will, you know, presumably mean peaceful Federation and Klingon type relationship where they're not the same nation, but they are on good terms. And uh, this is all due to some heroics that Riker can't remember from his missing 16 years where he and his crew saved a Romulan ship. It's a, it's a, it's a bit like the yesterday's Enterprise plot, but for Romulans. Yeah, yeah, they do that thing where they're like, uh, remember that awesome thing you did that's the whole reason that we're here? It's sort of like uh, <laughs> my friends and I have this concept of the apparently story, which is like hmm. if you have too much drink on a particular <laughs> night and you lose track of a buddy and you talk to them the next day, if their story begins with the word apparently, <laughs> a great story is to follow. And it's sort of like the Riker version of that. Like, apparently, you're the whole reason that we're so close to peace with the Romulans. Yeah, you missed all the fun, dude. <laughs> uh, I like that a lot. So, yeah, the uh, McLaughlin group concludes, and uh, it's decided that Riker is going to go back to his apartment with Deanna and when he gets there she uh, asks him if there's anything there that he recognizes and uh, perfect comedic cue Hi Dad There's a, uh, a young man playing bad trombone just like his daddy off in the corner and this is the first uh, Riker has heard of the fact that in the 16 years that he's lost, he took a wife, had a kid with her, and then she passed away. Yeah, and this was intentional from Deanna Troy. She's like, well, I thought a shock to the system in the manner of you seeing your son might bring back the rest of the memories that you've lost. This is this is a theory that Beverly had before you left Six Bay. She's like, well, you got to you got to go out into the ship and see some stuff because odds are your memory the only way your memory is going to come back is if you're just out at work doing the things yeah. you usually do. And Riker's kind of pissed at this moment. He's like, yeah, cuz he's like cause you they're could, all playing you didn't want to tell game. me that that I was yeah. going to walk into my quarters. I could have gone in there and just taken off all my clothes. <laughs> yeah and this used to be my messed up quarter i like so. to shit with the door open you think my <laughs> you think my son would have enjoyed that no way yeah they're playing this long game where they think that this is going to knock something loose for him and uh it'll all come flooding back but you know that's not there's no guarantees The reveal on the kid is like is pretty late in the app. It's yeah. like at the one third mark. Yeah, right. It is. So, so before we break into Act Three, like there's a lot of time spent between Riker and this kid bonding, but also uh, Ambassador Tomalak, uh has beamed aboard and is like mincing around, being the. Uh, inscrutable Romulan villain that he is. He's on the Enterprise walking sideways through the corridors because he can't walk <laughs> with his shoulders square. Yeah, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of koozie yeah. <laughs> in, in effect. Um, no, uh, no major changes to the Romulan uniforms in this episode, despite the 16 years in the future that it's supposed to be taking place. We can't be sure, but I think the writer of this episode watched the premiere episode of the show and was like, you know what was a really effective way to do storytelling? Was to have Riker watch the episode. <laughs> and so in addition to being like sort of dropped into situations where he has to interpret what the circumstances are on the spot, 
He also watches a lot of show. He's calling up visual records with the computer, and the computer's mm-hmm. still jacked. Like, like the computer's giving him some sort of fucked up Google feedback. Yeah. Well, one thing that's really fun about this episode is kind of anytime Riker is about to get to the core of something or every time he's about to like find out some new shit it gets interrupted and every time he you know every time he like tries to do some research on the computer the computer spits back a 404 you know there was something really troubling about every scene that he watched between he and his kid i don't know if you noticed this but like a lot of uh, rough housing it's it's like he's Captain Tickle. Like it's the only, it's the only thing he ever does with his son on video. Like, like, son creeps up behind him while he's napping. Oh, son surprises dad. Dad starts tickling son. Like, there's four different versions of that that we get in the episode. Yeah, I think that's just shorthand for good times between between parent and child. Can you? I mean, like that's that's basically what Minority Reports. Uh, like home video shit is right (laughs) i don't remember it being tickle report the way this episode is oh yeah but it's so much it's it's so much more fucked up because he's like watching it and doing drugs at the same time (laughs) (laughs) I, i love the idea of the writer's room going like okay so uh one of the things we can show to uh to demonstrate the uh, the intimacy of their relationship is just a bunch of tickling. And then we'll have like three more examples that we can just come up with later. But like stick a pin in those <laughs> and then we'll come back to it later. Like, yeah. and they never do. Well, they sent that, they sent that like that note card to the, to the second unit, like shoot these, shoot these five scenes yeah. that don't really have any dialogue in them. And uh, they were working off the wrong color pages, maybe. <laughs> The watching previous episodes isn't the only thing that's disturbing about this. I mean, there's a scene where he's sitting there at his desk and the kid comes in and uh, there's a horgon very prominently on, on the table in there, which I just don't think you keep that around a, uh, a young boy like that, right? Yeah, I think we all know what a horgon on display means. Yeah, and you don't want to like, you don't want him. I mean, he's too young to start asking those questions, right? Like, that's a very awkward conversation. It's like walking around wearing a wreath of mistletoe around your junk. <laughs> you don't just display the horgon. Yeah. Um, at some point, the kid gets injured playing Parisi squares, and uh, he's in a pretty fun bit of costuming, and Riker has to go down and be the kind of like the dad that is feeling bad for his kid and uh i this seemed like such a perfect moment to like dig up a little bit of kyle Riker stuff yeah because um you know Riker and his father have a very notorious uh blind jujitsu based conflict in their relationship and this kid was doing some kind of uh dangerous sport himself and you know Riker has big time daddy issues, and I feel like it would it would have been good in this moment for him to be like you know like I don't really remember what kind of a father I've been, but I hope I haven't been like my father was to me. Like, can you tell me about that a little bit? I can't recall what kind of father I've been to you, but I'm almost <laughs> certain that I haven't fucked your doctor. <laughs> yeah, and so this leads to them like going back to the quarters and pulling up some footage of the uh, the deceased mother of, uh, of this kid. And um, this is when Riker starts to smell something fishy because... The squints get pretty intense at this point. Yeah, they're, uh, they're watching this, uh, you know, the tickle fight, and the camera pans over, and Minuet is standing there holding... A birthday cake. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like one of those moments where the music goes all tense and Riker gets real, real pissed look, looking. Um, he doesn't have time to 
to explain why he's so pissed uh, before he gets called up to the bridge. Hey, Minuet, what kind of birthday cake do you like? I like all birthday cake, except yellow. <laughs> why is that? Because you can't dance to it. My girl. <laughs> I feel like that joke would have been funnier if, if she said confetti. The confetti how cake. About, how about this? I like all birthday cake that you can jump out of. <laughs> My girl. Fair enough, yeah. Just punching your stuff up, Adam. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. Mic. Yeah, <laughs> guess what needed a punch up uh, this episode in a number of places. <laughs> yeah, so so he gets onto the bridge and he's 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 onto them now. So he starts being pretty abusive to uh, to Picard and Tomalak and Worf and everybody. And uh, one of the great meltdowns a- that I think you ever see on this show is yeah. Riker basically standing in the middle of the bridge pointing at people going shut the fuck up you <laughs> yeah. shut up you shut fuck up you yeah fuck you fuck you <laughs> it You're is cool. great he's totally unhinged and he tells he tells at this point admiral picard I beg your pardon i said shut up as in close your mouth and stop talking this was a thing that me and my friends took from the show and used for years and years one of wow. the one of the ultimate lines of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good bit of business. Yeah. Um. So then uh, Tomalak walks out to the middle of the bridge, and uh, you can tell a special effect is about <laughs> to start happening because Tomalak is completely different lighting and different color tone from everything else in the frame, and uh, all of the characters start to disappear, and then. The bridge itself vanishes, and it is revealed that they are in a Romulan holodeck. Ben, did you... I I think I know the answer to this. You watched the remastered version of this episode, yeah? Yes. Due to the weird internet outages that we've been experiencing lately, uh, I was unable to watch this on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And so instead, I watched it on Hulu, which was an SD pre-remastered version of the show. Wow. And I mean it's it's got the CBS logo in the corner. It looked like <laughs> garbage. I've been really spoiled watching the Netflix remastered versions. Yeah. And it made me wonder like how does CBS who owns the rights to this show, how do they how do they let that go? The version that you should yeah. be watching right now is the remastered version. And the fact that there is an alternate version that looks as garbagey as this, I thought was an atrocity. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of viewers that want us to do deep space nine and Voyager after, uh, we do TNG. And I would say that my primary hesitation is having to watch like more than 300 episodes of standard definition television, potentially. Right. <laughs> and the version I saw this moment of Tomalak walking into, into frame differently lit was incredibly bad. It, it was it was brutal, and I'm not looking forward to ever watching another episode of the show on Hulu, because that is not how it should be enjoyed. This on the on the other sponsored hand, sponsored by Netflix. Yeah, uh, Hulu. If you would like to sponsor the show, uh, I'd be happy to make just a real easy edit to this episode. I've been watching on Amazon Prime myself, and uh, and you got the goods all, over all there. The, all the HD over here. Oh, good. I am the cutest of all. Lock faces on that vessel. I am the cutest of all. There are four lights. So the next scene is sort of like Riker being de-olded, like they wave a scanner over him and the touch of gray goes away and his com badge goes back to normal and his pips come back. He goes from bars to pips again. Yeah. He kind of uh, adjusts how he's sitting in the chair. As a result, <laughs> I, I thought he gave up a lot of information to Tomalak in this. Like it, it seemed like you know Tomalak was sort of monologuing in the uh, Bond villain way, totally, which didn't make a lot of sense, but seems like something Tomalak would do. But then Riker was like telling him how he saw through his plan, and it's like, dude, like what is stopping Tomalak from killing you and just trying this on the next crewman? Yeah, we learned you a know? lot from that Riker guy. Uh, right. Version two is going to be a lot better. 
Yeah, crazy. Yeah, um, Riker but, states that, that the things that didn't quite work out for him were the computer being slow. He's like, yeah, computers, it's super fast. It never makes <laughs> mistakes. Top <laughs> shelf have, computer. We have, you know, the, uh, the deal with cyber is very, very, very <laughs> tricky. But we have, we have a 10-year-old that is great. The, the version of the computer in this holodeck program, it was clearly made by a fat guy in a bed somewhere. <laughs> so, Gross. So 400, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not Russians. Russians had nothing to do with this. Yeah, and then also... the Is, mini- the, is the election over by the time this epi- episode comes out? God, I hope so. I don't think... I think we're like really, really close, but not quite over. Yeah, yeah. Man. And the other thing was that he cops to is Min. He's like, yeah, uh, check it out. Minuet wasn't even real. And Tomalak is like, whoa. <laughs> well, that really comes as a surprise because we were burrowing into your brains pretty deep. And the yeah. part of your brain that Minuet was in was definitely in the real love part. The part yeah. that you typically reserve for non-holodeck program people. Like and, we would we would be- believe this if you were Jordy telling us yeah. that you were in love with a holodeck person but you're Riker man what gives I must know the secret of this holodeck program (laughs) if it's so real that Riker has these true feelings for her I must apply these principles to my real doll I have nearly unlimited power as a (laughs) dowd but I never expected to be shown up in quite as bad as this I'm aware of the binaries but I had no idea that they could simulate a female quite so effectively well I enact physical love on my real dolls I've never actually felt emotional love towards them the way that Commander Riker feels towards Minuet come come to think of it not quite sure what an emotion is (laughs) (laughs) yeah and Tomalak is is really blown away and to Tomalak's credit he doesn't make it weird because (laughs) because basically Riker has Barkley'd Tom Locke in this moment and Bart and uh, and Tom Locke could be like whoa dude that's kind of <laughs> fucked up right like like you clearly took some liberties with the holodeck program that's kind of gross but yeah. he plays it pretty cool yeah and um and he's like listen and like, Riker's uh, proud of it too he's like yeah very realistic you gotta <laughs> trust me on this this is some top shelf holodeck Darmok Angelad a good time so often has a downside doesn't it especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie we've all been hungover before i mean many of us have i guess or we've had too much jazz in our gummy and that sucks right because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time that's why i like Lumi labs so much it's the predictability Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, and I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com and the code DISCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Tom like goes and throws Riker in the space pokey, and who is in there but the uh, the kid that was supposedly Riker's son? Uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that Riker names his son in this uh, in this theoretical future Jean Luc. <laughs> this was the moment that my wife walked into the room as I was watching. And her eyes couldn't have rolled harder. Like they snapped. She almost fall backwards. Oh yeah, she lost her balance a little bit. Mm. She was like, "This is so stupid." I definitely LOL'd at that moment. Yeah, um, you know, for there was some real good writing in this. Uh, I mean, I most, think. What would you the, have named your son if you're Will Riker? Worf, right? Uh, Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Worf Riker has a great name. Worf Riker, I dig that. This might be a good time to talk very, very briefly about this child actor. Yeah. How'd you feel he did? Because I he's he did now, really good. He's now playing two characters. He's about to play a third. I thought yeah. I thought he was what is wrong with this episode is not him. I'll say that. No, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I uh he he seemed to have like more gravitas than a kid of his age typically does. If you're casting the series, though, I mm-hmm. I think it's interesting the roles that they gave the slickback kids to. Like clearly, this guy was the best of the group, and yeah. and the and those that played the slickback trilogy characters were were not as strong actor wise to me. Yeah, well, they're a little younger, and I was like, there was a moment where I thought this might be the kid from Slickback Part One. Yeah. Because he looks a little similar, and he's definitely got some uh, some pomade going in yeah. uh, in the pre Twilight Zone moment twist. Yeah, stuff. Uh, in jail, he's got like kind of a Caesar cut. Like they they go to a much uh, more uh, unkempt look with his hair. Sure. Um, and so uh, he and Riker effect an escape from the uh, from the cell, like they do. They do some classic Star Trek beat em ups on the Romulans and uh, steal a, a phaser pistol, and there's like some fun running through the hallway, shooting shooting bad guys, and they slip into an air duct, uh, wire it shut behind them, and, and they're like they're like doing uh, they're doing the girl from Aliens, you know? They're like slipping into the tunnels and, and getting away from it all. Yeah, they're getting nudie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> New desk. Yeah. They're like, let's get a let's they've, get away from here, you bitch. They've become nudists. <laughs> Riker starts talking to this kid and he's like, Well, what's your actual name? And it's like Ethan. And um Ethan starts like giving Riker some backstory on the uh the actual situation and uh he slips up and refers to Tomalak as ambassador and Riker uh catches him in this in this slip up and 
realizes that uh, this too is is a simulation. He's uh, in he's inside Russian nesting doll holodecks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has to go less deep. Yeah, and um, yeah. So he uh, he calls Ethan on this, and uh, and like the much much better effect this time. The system of uh, Romulan. Uh, storage tunnels disappears and they are back in the cave from the beginning. The fart cave. Mm-hmm. And uh, they talk it over and Ethan explains that he is the last of his race and his mother left him here uh, so that he could be safe from their enemies, whoever they are, and left this like... The hooshnack. <laughs> the enemies are never named, but we can assume that when an enemy is not named, it's the hooshnack. <laughs> yeah. Riker's like those guys. Don't don't you worry your pretty little head about them. I'm almost positive have, they're not coming back, and the guy who yeah. killed them is a little bit distracted. He's uh, wearing out a pocket pussy in a brig somewhere. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> he tells a uh, Ethan tells a pretty interesting story of like holodeck as babysitter, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems pretty realistic. Like if you're a parent. Uh, and your family's under attack, you want to keep the kid safe and protected and happy and yeah. not bored, uh, you plop him down in front of the TV and and uh, make sure he's got plenty of cartoons to watch. And it's basically like the holodeck babysitter story is yeah. is the yarn that he spins here. I found and this utterly thing. believable. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the universe, it totally is. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like a holodeck that can read your mind and... Um, and the kid like was with it for a while, and then the uh, you know he started to see the pattern on the walls of the cave, and uh, and realized that uh, you know he was in this in this limited reality, and this was like his escape plan. So he reveals his true form to Riker right at the end of this, and this is like a, a total unintentional slide whistle on the episode because. Uh, his true form is that he's a gray. <laughs> this is one of the, like, this comes 20 years before the contemporary version of this happens, but he totally, my name is Jeff's, this scene, <laughs> like from 21 Jump Street. <laughs> Riker's like, what should I call you? And he's like, my name is Jeff. <laughs> and turns into a gray. And then Riker, in one of the all-time insults, like, he's he's now disclosed his true form, his true name, and Riker's like, nah, that's not the name I'm going to call you. To me, you'll always be Jean-Luc. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> that was really <laughs> fucked up. It's like they gave, like, an insane 12-year-old the opportunity to write the last 10 lines in this script. <laughs> Oof. And we've seen some rubber masks before, but... Ugh. This is like this is in the back Halloween of the shop. Yeah, like... This is this is not like a a pro hair and makeup, you know, creature effects shop came up with this. This, this is, is Halloween City. Yeah, yeah. This is like, oh, there used to be a fucking payless shoe source here, <laughs> but for right now it's a Halloween store and will be until <laughs> November 1st when it turns into a Mad Max-esque wasteland. <laughs> Oh boy, it's rough, and, and and I think they might have gotten this costume from the wasteland. You know, it is it is a succession of of show stopping bangers here. Like it is, <laughs> it's the name, it's the costume, it's Riker calling him a different name, it's them beaming up. Like it stumbles towards the finish line so badly here <laughs> that it really, I. W- like I told you before we watched this episode how much I loved it, but I had forgotten how badly the button ruins it. It is yeah. one of the all-time bad buttons. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and it's it's a pretty damn solid episode up until I know. Literally literally like the like if it's a 44-minute episode, the 42-minute mark is where they completely lose it. Like It's crazy the, because they didn't like they sort of overrode it, right? If yeah. it it could have had a neutral ending if they just didn't tack that button at all and it was just like the guy's the guy turns into his real form, says nothing, 
and then Riker goes two to beam up. Like that right. that amount of neutrality does not ruin the episode in the way that this scene does. Or not even turn into his form. Yeah. You know? Yeah, beam like, Ethan. Who up. cares? Yeah, yeah, who cares what he looks like? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> like if it's possible to put a scene on Mount Armus, like maybe <laughs> like maybe under the waterfall is where you keep the, just the scene armises, this is where that yeah. would go. Sure. Ugh. Did you like the episode though as a whole? I think as a whole it's uh it's definitely uh on the positive side for me. Yeah. Like I can I can forgive that that slip up at the end given uh how many fun ideas and uh you know it's like the the twist is like a genuine twist. Uh when when Riker you know smells the rat and mm-hmm. and you know like that uh that's some Shyamalan shit right there yeah and no one is better equipped to act out his his rage at that point than Riker right like I couldn't buy anyone else doing that but him he was great yeah he did an awesome job how about yourself do you like it uh if it's possible to love an episode and exclude the last 90 seconds, then I love this episode. But I'm so <laughs> conflicted about it because the end is so bad. I can't remember another episode that ended this poorly after such a great beginning. And yeah. it's not just a great beginning. The entire episode's great except for that. Yeah. Yeah, just a real weird moment there. Absolutely. Hey, Adam, uh, there may or may not be something coming in on subspace. Should we check that out? Yeah, let's do that. Let's see if it's pips or bars. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Adam, what we got here is a personal priority one message. It is from the BBB crew to Jason Boyer. Here is how it reads. Happy birthday, Jason. We couldn't think of anything else to get you. And with Greatest Gen Cron 2017 tickets not yet on sale, we figured that this was the next best slash most embarrassing. (laughs) It's the truth. Also, what better way to have you get birthday wishes from your favorite immortal being, Kevin? (laughs) We will see you... Out in the Borrego, the BBB crew. Did someone say my name? <laughs> hey, I'm a little bit like Beetlejuice, <laughs> where you say my name to invoke my presence, except for for me, you only have to say it one time. I have uh, I've read over Jason's birthday wish list on, uh, on his Amazon website. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice that uh, there was... There were no real dolls on this list. <laughs> there wasn't even a pocket pussy, and I just feel like that's a major oversight unless he has some kind of huge collection that I wasn't aware of previously. I'll have Jason and his friends know that my prices are reasonable. <laughs> they are commensurate with the quality of my work. Take this very seriously. <laughs> I consider myself the Geppetto of real dolls. <laughs> Ask me about my new line of male real dolls if uh, that piques your interest. Happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday to all birthdays everywhere. <laughs> if you'd like to uh, get a Priority One message, uh, you can do it. You go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's 100 bucks for a personal message, and it is 200 bucks for a commercial message. Isn't that right, Adam? It's true. It is 1000 bucks for a Kevin Uxbridge message. <laughs> We're upping Uh-oh. the price due to Uh-oh. the demand. The demand for Kevin Uxbridge. People love the bridge. It's true. My love is a Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! I did. Um, this may be just projecting <laughs> apropos in this episode, but uh, the uh, the Ferengi helmsman <laughs> um, doesn't have any lines, and 
I just looked at I, like it was all I could focus on when that character was on screen was that guy's face, and all I could see in it was like I can't believe I spent four fucking hours in the makeup chair <laughs> for three fucking days. Yeah, I don't even get to speak a line. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting like scale at best, right? They give that fucking Jake guy. Uh, at the at at the science station, a line, and they don't give the one person on the bridge crew who had to go through the most makeup anything. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't seem fair. Yeah. Uh, so that that Ferengi uh, got my drunk Shimoda. How about yourself? Mine also got a little out of the episode a little bit. It just gave me <laughs> something to think about, which was uh, so Riker has just finished. Uh, screaming at everyone on the bridge about how fucked up everything is and how he doesn't believe what's happening to him. And then he walks up in front of the view screen and he says, uh, why don't we end this charade? (laughs) Anytime a character besides Picard says that word, I, what I want is the cut to Picard and him like not understanding what that word is. Like, (laughs) like, I'm sorry, did you mean charade? (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that that to me like it took me out of the episode a little bit uh yeah but yeah my my shimoda goes to frakes and his line reading of that and i want to know maybe uh if he was tempted to yeah, to give it a conversation the, to give it the englishman read yeah that could be captain's prerogative you know could be what do we have coming up on the next episode Next episode is Season 4, Episode 9, Final Mission. After being accepted to Starfleet Academy, Wesley accompanies Picard on a final mission, only to find himself struggling to keep the captain alive. He's the best, but he's a loose cannon, (laughs) and he's got one final mission to keep the captain alive before he's out of the game for good. Wesley's 18 years old. He's like, I've been in the game too long, and I'm ready to retire. Wesley Crusher. Oh, man. Yeah. uh, Is this another road trip? Uh, I remember a couple of things about this. I remember there's a scene where they have to cross a desert, and Picard tells everybody, everybody to breathe through their nose to preserve water. And uh, <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, like I guess I guess you uh, exhale more water through your mouth than through your nose. Is that real science? I think it is. Wow! But uh, I, that made a big impression on me as a kid, and uh, I definitely remember a couple of times where I was like on like a camping trip with my family, where I was like, I've got to breathe through my nose to preserve water. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. It actually changed your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember this episode at all, Ben. At all. And oh, and in fact, like it. my headcanon is screwing it up with that last road trip episode where uh, Wesley and Picard ate finger sandwiches in the back of the Previa. <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's kind of like that episode combined with the uh echo papa 607 episode right they're in a cave there's some caretakering going on kind of shit there is an interest in disclosing some personal information but then they get interrupted are we going to get some of those scenes i can't imagine that that would happen that never happens (laughs) on this show you know what does happen on this show, Adam? People disclosing their love of our show through their support at MaximumFun.org slash donate? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, they also disclose it by going on iTunes and leaving nice reviews. They disclose it by wearing our legendary merchandise around uh, in public. Um, <laughs> they even wear it in public. I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Adam. Going to have exclusive to the tour poster and T-shirt available uh, if everything goes well. Uh, so if you if you come to one of our live shows, uh, it's the only way you can get a couple of priceless uh, single run merch items. You know, I think I think you and I are both uh, acutely aware of how valuable a signed a signed item is. Yes, I uh, I hope I get to sign some posters. I'd sign Whoa. your poster. I'd sign your shirt. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even I, have I'll to sign, be one of our shirts. I'll sign I'll any sign shirt. Your, I'll sign your knuck. 
Oh, God. I don't know if I could... <laughs> All right, I'll sign some Nuck, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the next signing booth will be uh, next to the bar. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna come to regret this. <laughs> uh, if you, uh, what else do we have to say? Uh, if you want uh, if you want to tell us what a terrible idea that is, you can go to Twitter and find mm-hmm. us there uh, using the hashtag GreatestGen. You can also reach out to us directly using our handles. I'm at Cut for Time. Ben is at Benjamin R A H R. I would also encourage you to take part in our subreddit, which is at Reddit slash R slash Greatest Gen, or our Facebook group, which is the Greatest Generation. Uh, like our Facebook page. Sign up for our mailing list. Uh, you can find the mailing list on the Facebook page and uh, subreddit and everything else. Uh, that's how that's how you find out about Greatest Gen Con and other live things we will be doing (laughs) it still sounds unbelievable to me that there's enough interest to make that happen (laughs) it's certainly not because we want to do it it's not coming from us it's coming from the interest of our viewers and we're happy to do it we're givers ben i think it's gonna be really fun yeah but uh but yeah we're doing it for you guys so you guys gotta come through yeah, you gotta you gotta do your end of the bargain, which is show up, please. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta thank Adam Ragusia for our Priority One music and Dark Materia for our theme music. Uh, and uh, why don't we throw a thank you to the uh, great folks at MaximumFun.org who give us a lot of support on making this show happen each and every week. And uh, we uh, we've really come a long way with uh, under their tutelage, I think. Yeah, we've been in more and more contact with them about a bunch of different stuff, and it's just great to have their support and uh, to not be uh, ignored on an email or laughed at on a phone call. Those guys are great, and they've become great friends, too. So, love them. With that, we will be back at you next time. Another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and the final episode of The Greatest Generation. Really? Probably not gonna it's probably not gonna really be the one. I thought you were talking Armageddon here. Like, like uh, I was calling it quits? Yeah, like it's over. <laughs> uh, if you were to retire from the show, Ben, I would expect uh, a personal letter at least. Yeah, you would, you would find a, uh, a letter of resignation on your desk. <laughs> with a knife through it? <laughs> or uh, stuck to your wall with, a, with an arrow? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But one of those uh, one of those arrows with the suction cup on the end, very non-threatening yeah. arrow. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, how does this stick <laughs> to the wall when there's a piece of paper in between it and the wall? Oh, that's because there's a knife underneath the suction cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good invention. That's a that's a very dangerous Spencer's gift, gag gift right there. Yeah, we get right through TSA with that. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.